ever asked anybody for directions? When you said you can't miss it, I did miss it. So what do you do when it's not just a road trip? What do you do when you feel lost in life? When my plans are irrelevant in light of my obedience to the resurrected king at that point, that point, I find out if I'm a true follower or not. You've been sidelined or that you're on a detour. <laughs> You've felt a little bit off track. Now, there are different things to help you when that happens to you, especially if you're on a road trip like this, maps, right, maps. They're great things, maps, but nobody knows how to read them anymore. Um, and hardly anybody uses them anymore. My kids look at me like I'm a dinosaur when I pull a map out. Or you've got these got wonderful things like GPSs. But you know one of the things that I hate about GPSs is this. Look at that. Locating satellites. Having trouble locating satellites. One of the really annoying things about GPSs that I'm glad that I never ever hear God say is this. Recalculating. 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 Aren't you glad you never heard God say that? Recalculating. Now, it's all very well being detoured a bit or off track on a road trip. But what if you're off track or you're detoured or you're lost in life? Have you ever asked anybody for directions? Now, I know guys are a bit famous for not wanting to ask people for directions, but I don't mind asking people for directions. But one of the things <laughs> that bugs me is that sometimes I want to go back and find the person that gave me the directions and ask them, what were you thinking? Like, when you said you can't miss it, I did miss it, and I drove for miles, couldn't find what you were talking about. You want to go back and give them a slap? N not really, right? But it's just frustrating when somebody says it's, it's obvious, you can't miss it, and, and it's not obvious to you. Now, Psalm 25, especially verse 4 and 5, but the whole psalm is written by somebody who has made mistakes and ended up being detoured and lost and off track in their life. Now, something I found out about Psalm 25 is this, is it's an acrostic. Now you might think, what on earth is an acrostic? Well, I'll tell you if you listen. An acrostic means that each verse starts with the letter of the alphabet. Now, Psalm 25 has got 22 verses, which just happens to correspond to the 22 letters 
of the Hebrew alphabet. Now that, that is incredibly clever writing. It's hard enough, hard enough to write a song or a psalm or a poem anyway, but to write one where every stanza, every verse, every phrase begins with the letter of the alphabet in order. That is smart, right? That's incredibly smart. And it also tells me something. It tells me, number one, that David is a smart writer, but it also tells me that this wasn't written on a whim. This was written by somebody who'd actually sat down and thought about every single thing that they were gonna write. So that means I've got to look at these words very, very carefully. Now the words are these. Show me the right path, O Lord. Show me the road that I should follow. Show me. Show me the right path, O Lord. That implies certain things. Number one, it implies that you don't know. <laughs> that the writer doesn't know. Show me, why? Because I don't know, so show me. And it also implies that you've got multiple choices. Now, multiple choices might be a great thing if you're taking an exam and you're not sure of the answers, because at least it gives you a chance of getting a right answer if you just guess. Now, it's better to study and not have to guess. Because the whole thing of just, just tick B all the way through is so I'm gonna get you 25%, right? But multiple choices in other things can be quite annoying. It's one of the reasons I don't like shopping. Now, it would be easy to go shopping if there was just one of everything in the store, but there's not, there's multiple choices. Tens, dozens of different choices, of different sources, different makes, different different types of flour, different types of jam. And I'm just, I'm, just uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the choices. And sometimes in life, I can feel overwhelmed by the choices. And that's why this guy writes this psalm. Because he's facing the same choices that you and me face. Only he's not just a normal average Joe, he's, he's actually a king of a nation. So he, his choices affect thousands of people, not just himself. And he's saying, show me the right path. Oh Lord, show me the road that I should follow. Now I was up, I was up in a pioneer camp up in the mountains. And uh, we'd hiked up to a lake and so we'd, we'd done the trail all the way up and then we had a group of guys with us and, and on the way back they, they wanted to walk on ahead and they, they walked on and unbeknown to us they decided to run back to camp to get there before everybody else for dinner so that they could eat all the food. The problem is in their hurry to get back to camp they missed a turn in the trail. So they ended up walking for ages ended up on the coastline of the island, down on Howe Sound, um, and they were totally lost. They spent the night sitting on a, on a log boom, a log float <laughs> out in Howe Sound, huddled together trying to keep warm while everybody's frantically searching for them. Th thankfully, the Coast Guard found them sitting on the log float, 
early the next morning, brought them back to camp. Why? Because they thought they knew the way when they actually didn't. Now this psalm is, is not an early psalm. Now, when you read it in the order of the 150 psalms in the book of Psalms, because it's Psalm 25, you can think that it's an early psalm and it's written by some young pup, like David when he's a young guy, and it's not. It's written by David later in life, when he's had a bunch of life experiences, and, and he's figured out that wrong choices have massive consequences. So what do you do when it's not just a road trip? What do you do when you feel lost in life? This is a great place to start. Show me the right path, O oh Lord. Show me the way that I should follow. Notice that word, follow. Hmm. Now there's a thought, being a follower. So what does it mean to actually be a follower? Because we, we live in a culture that, that prizes trail breakers and innovators and entrepreneurialism. Um, we, don't, we don't really value people who are good followers of things. That's it's not a value. So, so what does it mean in Bible terms to be a follower? Well, Proverbs 16 verse 9 and, and Proverbs uh, 19, 21 says this, that people make plans, but God has his way. Now there's a Yiddish version of that and it says this, Man plans, God laughs. Sounds a bit cruel. Um, man plans, God laughs. It, it means following God's plans from the beginning. That's what it means to be a follower. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a small human, um, my mum and my gran used to put me in reins. Now, I know you normally use reins for animals and beasts of burden, but, but you see, I was, I was dumb and distracted and I didn't recognize danger. So as a kid, I would just go tearing off and running off um, and, and, and I'd run anywhere. I'd, I'd like, it's like squirrel, run and I'd be distracted and I'd just be going all over the place. So they, they, they had reins attached to my back uh, and, and, a, and a belt on me to, to hold me back and to keep me. Now, now as I got older, I, I'd say things like, hey, can I run on ahead? And, and they say, yes. But, but stay close, don't go too far. And then I, I learned to ride a bike. Hey, can I, can I, can I ride on ahead? Yeah, okay, but, but stay close, don't go too far. And, and, it, and in my adult life, it's, 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 it's more like, hey, can I run on ahead? Can I trail break? Can I, can I, can I, can I lead climb? Can I, can I, can I do this? And, and it's, almost, it's almost like God says to us, yeah, you can but stay where you can see me. 
stay where, stay where you can reach me. See, I'm never out of his reach, but sometimes I, <laughs> I, get, I get running on ahead thinking I know the way, like the kids at Pioneer Camp, when I actually don't. And I need to stay where I can see him, where I can follow him. Jesus says in the Gospels over 20 times, follow me. He says it six times in just the Gospel of Matthew. So it's pretty clear that he actually meant it. It wasn't a mistaken phrase. He kept repeating it all the time. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Hey Jesus, can I run on ahead? <laughs> I like to think he has a bit of a twinkle in his eye when he says, yeah, you can, but stay where you can see me. Hey Jesus, can I trail break? Yeah, you can, but stay where you can reach me. Follow my instructions. You know, it's, it's funny, when we ask for guidance, we're doing two things. Number one, we're admitting that we need a guide. And number two, we're inferring that we'll submit to the will of the guide. Now we might be pretty good at number one, admitting that we need guidance. The hard part is submitting to the will of the guide. You see, I can tell how committed I am to following the guidance of God by how I react. How I react <laughs> when I find out that the plans that I've made are irrelevant in light of the resurrected King. When my plans are irrelevant in light of my obedience to the resurrected King, at that point, that point, I find out if I'm a true follower or not. What a thought. What do I do? When I find out that all the plans that I've made in my life might be leading me in a wrong direction, and I realize in, in the presence of obeying the living, risen King, that my plans are actually irrelevant and, and his plans for my life have to hold sway in my life. Wow, what a thought. What do I do then? So my prayer going into 2021, it's not like it's a new vision for a new year. I'm pretty sure God doesn't change his vision for me on the turn of a calendar page pretty sure about that. Now, if your church comes up with a new vision every year, then hey, bless them. Let them run with it. That's great. But for me, I'm pretty sure God doesn't come up with a new plan for me as the calendar flips over from the end of December to the beginning of January. And the, and the, the calendar suddenly says 2021 instead of 2020. So my prayer going into 2021 is this. Show me the right path. God, show me. Show me the right path. And then help me to follow. With every fiber of my being, 
help me to follow. And when my plans turn out to be irrelevant in the face of the plans and purposes of God, let God's plans win. Oh God, as, as, I, as, I, as I try my best to follow you, help me, help me. That's my prayer. Help me to follow your way and not be stubborn and just follow mine. Hey, listen, bless you. Thank you for, thank you for spending this time on the road with me. Um, have a look at Psalm 25. We're going we're gonna to look at verse 5 next week. Because the implications of verse 5 are quite staggering too. It's an amazing piece of writing. Bless you. Stay safe. Still you
shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't 